men that are up here on the platform. I've got so much to learn. I feel like I got so much to learn. I don't feel like I really deserve this, but I appreciate the, the opportunity to preach to you today. And I'm going to preach something God gave to me for this service especially. I feel one of them quick anointings. Hallelujah. Praise God. So I'm not going to be long, but I'm going to preach to you out of my heart. God bless Brother Westberg. I enjoyed that. My. I wanted to give everything I had by the time that fellow was done. It just got through. I didn't catch his name. I just wanted to take off my time and say, here, you know, I want to give it to God. Do you feel that way? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'd like to turn your Bibles with me to St. John. I'm just going to read one quick verse. St. John, the 20th chapter and the 23rd verse. Whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. Let's pray. Lord, we're thankful for what we feel. Thankful, God. We love you, Jesus. Praise your name. And we ask you, Lord, for your help. We feel your help is here. God, help us to be instant in this season today. Help us to preach this word, to be fervent, Lord. Spirit, God, help us to do your will. For thine is the kingdom, Lord. Hallelujah. We praise you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. You may be seated. I'd like to preach a message to you that, give it a title that you can remember. Worse than the cross is the chains. Worse than the cross is the cha chains. God has bound himself to the church. He has bound himself to it by his word and through his word. Here it tells us that whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted. It's not that we have the power to forgive sins, but we have the power to preach the gospel that tells them how to be forgiven of their sins. In Matthew the 16th chapter, it tells us that whatsoever things you bind on earth are bound in heaven. And whatsoever things you loose on earth are loosed in heaven. Gives us an authority, gives us a power that God has bound himself to the church. And in Ephesians, the first chapter, it talks about how that the authority that was given to Jesus and that him being the head of the body, which is his church. Hallelujah. And the head can do a lot of thinking, but the head can't do anything without its body. Praise God. When you get to thinking about the cross and, and, the, and the pain that was there and you've heard the cross preached and, and you saw uh, in your mind's eye how that the crown was pressed upon his brow and how that the uh, spear was pressed into his side. How he uh, was hung upon a cross and, and there he was crucified and, and what a terrible thing that was. But one day I was sitting in meditation before I went down to preach to my church and God spoke to me and said, Son, worse than the cross is the chains that bind me from doing what I really want to do tonight. I thought, oh God, help me. I saw a vision of him there. Uh, it chained um, uh, somewhere in a room. Um, I began to see some things that really stirred my heart that night. Worse than the cross is the chains. You know, if an animal gets caught in a trap and there, um, if his paw gets caught in a trap, at first you'll try to get loose and it won't be long to where he'll sacrifice that limb in order to be able to go free. 
And I thought how that the scripture tells us that, uh, that uh, God had engrafted us into his vine. And that he said in his word in Romans 11, it says, For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed lest he spare not you. He is bound to us, friend. But don't you think today that God can't raise up a church that will glorify his name. Don't you think today that you've got it made and there are things your way. I'm telling you tonight or today that God's going to have a people that are called by his name. God's going to have a people that lets him do what he wants to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Let me tell you something. Praise the Lord. I saw this uh, vision in my uh, heart and I began to realize as I saw that uh, there he was in a room and he was shackled to the wall. And every time that somebody came by in a wheelchair, he began to lunge at those chains. He began to lunge and scream in agony because he wanted to heal their bodies. I'm going to tell you what, I saw him as somebody came by that needed the Holy Ghost, needed the message preached to him, and I saw him lunge at those chains. I'm going to tell you, today, that uh, when I was a boy, I... I had a dog named Prince, and this, this dog was a German Shepherd, strong, strong dog. You couldn't keep him in, uh, chained up. Uh, we tried uh, chaining him up, and he'd just snap the chain and run off, and we tried putting a halter on him, and that dog could even get out of one of those big uh, leather halters. His problem was that uh, he'd been trained to sick him, but he would sick him for anybody. Kid went to school and said that our dog done it, and he had two black eyes. And said the dog did it. First dog I've ever seen to punch somebody out. But he had bit him. I'll agree with that. Praise God. But this dog was so strong and wanted freedom so much that finally we had to take a log chain, like not, not quite as big a log chain, but a good sized chain, and pull it, put it around his neck and just put it as tight as what he could stand without choking. It was a cruel thing to do, but we tried everything and we was going to get in trouble if he kept biting people. And so um, uh, I watched uh, as uh, time went on by and his neck began to get raw. And uh, I saw that, and we'd put him in another holder, and he'd get loose and bite somebody. It was a good dog, but, you know, we needed him around there, but he, he just wouldn't stay chained up. So we put another chain around his neck, and he began to, to lunge. I didn't care if his neck was a mass of, 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 of ruin, if it was flesh, and, and it was encrusted around the chain. If I threw a ball up in the air, he would lunge right against his neck and try to catch that ball, because he loved fun. Let me tell you something today. It doesn't matter to God what he's got to go through to reach people but he knows this one thing that he's bound to his church and the church needs to set him free and let him do what he wants to do in our midst hallelujah God will not bypass you at this time I want you to know something what he was talking about giving we have to give in order for him to give to us he's bound by his word he's bound by his word there was a little girl that I heard told about one time. And she uh, was a good girl. Young people, please listen to this little story. And she went to school. And uh, she didn't know God or anything like that. But she was from a, a good home. And uh, she'd never experienced the things uh, like drugs and things like that. And somebody 
uh, knew that she was pure and they dropped in her drink some acid and she began to soar and instead of having a bad trip she had a good one and when she came down she said oh she said that was wonderful she said I want to do it again hang with me nobody leave this room in Jesus name especially you young people I don't want you leaving on that note you stay here and listen to the rest of the story she uh, said, I want to do that again. And she began to take drugs and begin to hang around with the whole, uh, the bad crowd of the school. And they begin to mutilate her and take her young body and use it. And she parted and parted. And she went on down the corrupt route. And to where she ended up walking out of the school because she just kept wanting to stay high. And she went down in Florida and ran away from home. And there she sold her young body for pennies and quarters and change in order to have the money to get high one more time finally she became so dilapidated and her body became she was skin and bone and nobody even wanted her finally she called her mom and said mama daddy she said I'm in Florida she said I want to come home and they said honey you go to a motel room and there you rent you a motel and don't you come out we're going to fly down and get you yes mom and daddy want you and she went back home and there started that long battle trying to get back to something normal but see the good kids didn't want anything to do with her because they knew what she had been and the bad kids kept pulling her and trying to get her to come back but she didn't want to go back there because she knew where the end of it was but let me tell you something today it was so bad it got so bad that they nearly the bad kids nearly raped her in the hallway and nobody done anything about it she wrote in her diary she said it's Friday and nobody said anything good about me all week long They badgered her. They got her in corners and badgered her. But she did her best to stay true. Not one person had anything good to say for her. Friday night, nobody asked her to go nowhere. Finally, she landed a little babysitting job. On Saturday night, she got to watch a little child. And there she stood alone in the midst of everything. Oh, God, today I want to preach this with everything within me. Let me tell you something today. Much worse than the cross is the chains of unbelief. Much worse than the cross is the chains of no prayer. Much worse than the cross is the chains of no fasting, no giving, no loving. Finally that night when she was watching that little child, they, the crowd slipped in. Her, when she was sitting there eating some chocolate she slipped in to look at her ward and there they doused her chocolate bar with a, a liquid acid or hallucinogenic drug of some type and they doused it and when she come back out they were gone she never knew they was there and she began to eat of that and everything in her body that had once craved that begin to lunge forth and she began to eat that and cram it down her mouth and eat it in great lumps and eat it all 
And it wasn't long before that that her grandpa had died and she was experiencing the trauma of what death was about and metamorphosis and the skin worms and the whole bit. And she took off and there was no friends around to talk her down. And she began to think that the skin worms were coming up and eating her body. And she took her fingernails because she thought they were on her flesh and she ripped her body until there was just a mass of cuts she jumped up and down because she thought they were getting on her feet until her toes were spread apart and everyone was broken I know it's a little gross but you need to hear it today when she when they finally found her screaming and screaming and screaming they took her out of there and two days later she died oh God I can see Jesus now as he walked out to that schoolroom and he saw her reaching for something it was larger than the chains larger than the chains I want to tell her about the gospel I want to fill her with my spirit young people today don't be ashamed of this message get out there and preach it tell them about it love them get to them somehow I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it's the power of God and the salvation Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Much worse than the cross of the chains. Get the Holy Ghost. If I say just one more thing the Holy Ghost let me tell you something it's time that we quit getting the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost starts getting us I said this the other day I believe but the Bible says be not drunk on one is excessive be you filled with the Spirit what that's saying is there's a point where you possess the drink but there's a point when the drink possesses you we get the Holy Ghost take him in a room and lock him up to our own cultural feelings and our unbeliefs. Worse than the cross. My God. It's a change. God bless you. Hallelujah, 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 
Kilo up in your life be sin and cuss you can't be sin you can't be sin now wait a minute we get on that outward dress but let's get on the spirit let's get on adultery let's get on fornication let's get on infeminate let's get on hatred let's get on variance let's get on strife You know good and well, every one of you was a dog before God plowed your field up. That's what he called us. That's what I was, nothing but a dog before God began to plow up my field. But he said, I'm getting rid of that jealousy in him. Boy, with me, I know what he got rid of, a temper. All I used to need was you just flip my tie. Man, it got quiet in here. I tell you, when that ox begins to plow, a little boy felled it over there a while ago. That old ox began to plow. And he began to turn loose of a whole lot of things he thought was important. Do you know what? Before we come to Christ, a whole lot of things we think are important are nothing but thorns and thistles and cockaburs and sandbars and nothing worth even wanting to possess. Hallelujah. God come in there and break up our fallow ground. You know what that means? That means get it ready for planting. How many of you want God to break? Whoop, 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 watch out. You want God to break you up? Knock loose, God. Take that striving spirit out of me. Why do I feel bad at the preacher when he gets through preaching? It's God trying to save me. Why do I feel bad towards him? Bust that clod to pieces. Get this so you can plant some love and some joy some peace some righteousness in the Holy Ghost some food of the Spirit I'll tell you something some of you people around here are beautiful the way you've been treating the ministers this week with an humble spirit I'm going to tell you if you'll keep that humble spirit and that submissive spirit you'll make it to heaven and when some dude comes up to you trying to mess up your spirit, whack him off. 
Hallelujah. Whack them off. And let the ox plow. Hey, if there's, you know something? I'm just going to be honest today, brother. I have never got up in my pulpit. And, well, I might have. Lord, don't let me lie in the pulpit. I don't know getting up in the pulpit and preaching about a fly on your skirt. Have a hunt. But our superintendent did. I didn't go home and carry it any farther. I figured here was enough. You know. But I had some of them come up to me and say, What's wrong with a fly? I said, uh, What are you going to do with it? some women God help the women I didn't come to pick on you today you know some women have a fit about everything I just wonder how you women would feel if I come with pleats in my pants tonight you know some nice lacing you don't want me to wear your clothes leave mine alone Hallelujah. Praise God. I can't see any reason for him. Well, that's enough of that. Hallelujah. But I'm going to tell you one thing. Let that ox plow. How many of you want to be saved? Come on, plow it out of me. Plow it out of me. Plow it out of me. If there be a root of bitterness in me, fall out of me. Come on, brother Moxie, do something. Get a hold of me, but for God's sake, save me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Next time that man comes to the pulpit, may be some bad news. He may have the face of a lion. I used to live down in Junction City. You folks live down there know what I'm talking about, maybe. I don't even know if they still got lions over there in Manhattan or not. But I know when I lived down in Junction City, them lions over there in that zoo in Manhattan, that big old male lion they had. The wind get the right way, you could hear him roaring clear out there on the campground. I mean on the military base. You could hear that lion roaring a long ways away. I'm going to tell you something. God put law and order and organization in the church. And there's all kinds of goofy people in the world say, I don't believe in organization. Well, what most generally this is, this is a lawless person coming out of the world that's been taught from their mom and dad to be lawless. And that's why they don't believe in organization. Because I'm going to tell you something. You cannot walk out there tonight and look into God's heaven 
and say, I don't believe in organization. That sun will shine in the morning whether you believe it's time for it to or not. It is so much on time, on God's time, man said it'll be up at 6.15 in the morning. You can start shooting 30 minutes before 6.15 and not get arrested. It'll be up at 6.15 in the morning. It does not make no difference whether you believe in a full moon or not. You keep watching. It'll come by this month. listened to old folks all my life it wouldn't hurt some of you young folks too old sister Avery she used to say when that moon's up there like that said that's gonna have a wet month moon's pouring water out this month and buddy she was right big old ring around the moon I told brother character you can get ready the rains are coming and here they came because there's some things that God has made and he said you can discern the signs of the sky but you can't tell what time I'm in what time I'm coming what I'm all about he made organization and it's time for us to get involved he put government in the church He didn't leave it so you could spit in your sister's face and she could still be your sister. He didn't fix it so you could blab off about your brother and he's still your brother. He put some rules and regulations in the church. He put some organization in the church. He put some brotherly love in the church. He put some brotherly joy in the church. He put some sisterly love in the church. Hey, your kids may not act like my kids, but I gotta love them anyhow. He put some order in the church. Some folks don't like it because the church starts at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. They wish it started at 9.30. And there's other folks we should start at 11.30. I've had some folks say, why in the world don't you start church on Sunday afternoon? I'm doing the best I can. I'm trying to fit into modern Pentecost the best I can. I'm just having a hard time with this modern Pentecost because the church I was raised up in didn't even get exciting till midnight. And according to the Bible, that's when it got exciting too. But modern day drive up bank Pentecostals, if you don't have them out by 8.30 or 9.30, you love to have some poof, poof, well that's what Paul said you're puffed up hallelujah praise God it's more important what time we get out of here than it is we have a move of God <laughs> I'll try to get off of this I'm going to tell you why the man of God's up there soaring like an eagle he's flying He's flying. He wants to be a good man of God because you see he's also got the man of a face and he has the likeness of a man. He don't want to get on to you. He don't want to. He loves you. He's a shepherd. 
And so he says, I'll fly a little higher. And maybe I can get them to come up with me. Hallelujah. I'll get a little closer to God. And maybe I can get them to come up with me. And pretty soon he gets so close to God that God says, Hey, man, when are you going to get down there and do what I told you to do? And friend, here he comes to the pulpit. He's got the face of a lion. And he's fixing to roar. And when he gets through, everything's going to be set in order. Ain't been half as much trouble, and I hope I'm not starting nothing. But there haven't been half as much at laying around in the barracks since you roared a little bit the other day. Hallelujah. Come on. Oh, here he comes out. And this is the hardest one in the ministry to have to play with. He's got the face of a man. Praise God. Because he looks like a man, even amongst ourselves, and I'm real concerned about this, we can walk around and say, L.J. Muncie, L.E. Westberg. I want to ask you something, Brother Muncie. How did that Church of Christ and Baptist stuff get started amongst us? Ever since I've been a little boy, I've been taught to call you brother. Brethren, if there's no respect among us, don't get excited when they don't respect you. You can't live down amongst them people and be common because God did not make you common. You don't fit in angels and you don't fit in laity. God made you and me different than the rest of these in here. Whether we like it or not, we're different. Get in there with the face of a man. You know why God gave us the face of a man? Because when Isaiah looked up and seen angels, it scared him to death and he couldn't relate with it. When Moses looked at a burning bush, it scared him to death. He couldn't relate with it. And so God said, I'll wrap myself up in flesh and come and walk among them. And I'll be their God. And they'll know oh, they're my people. Hallelujah. If you ever want to see Jesus, start reminding men that he was also God. You watch him when he hits the high echelons of kings and rulers. He let them know he wasn't part of them and like them and one of them. But at the same time, he got down there and put the children on his lap. And he said, unless you become like one of them. Why did God give us the face of a man? So that you, so that you could be saved. So that you could relate to God. 
That's why he gave the ministry the face of a man. You couldn't relate to an ox. You can't relate to an eagle. You can't relate to a lion. We couldn't stand in here plowing all the time. We can't stand in here uh, 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 acting like a lion all the time. And if we turned into an eagle and soared all the time, we'd soar away and leave you. So he put the face of a man on us so we can know your hour of bereavement. So we can know your heartache, your compassion, your love. I see people in my church, they don't have to tell me nothing. I can just watch them. And it drives me into my study on my knees and I have to call out to God for Because it caused me to walk among them like a man. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. We're different. Hallelujah. Brother Chaffin, come up this platform. Brother Dudley, come up this platform. Brother Scott, both of you come up this platform. Both bless God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, Turn to the book of Revelations, the fourth chapter. It's not all over with, but it's soon to get all over with. Come on, brother Chandler. You want them to get up here. Praise God. Brother Marshall, you belong up here. Hallelujah. I'm probably missing some of the men of God out there. Hallelujah. But in the fourth chapter of the book of Revelation, the fourth verse and round about the throne were four and twenty seats. And upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting clothed in white robe, And they had on their heads crowns of gold. And they had on their head crowns of gold. I'm going to tell you something. The devil beat me down about a year ago about being a preacher. But I, but I come up kicking it. I come up spitting dirt in his face. I said, you ain't making me feel bad because God called me and put this on me. Hallelujah. This is the most glorious thing that ever happened to me. And if it hadn't happened to me, I'd be in a prison cell somewhere today. I'd be in a divorce and my children, only God knows where they'd be at. You're not hanging this thing on my neck. I'm fixing to wear a crown of gold. Hallelujah. Praise God. God put me in the best thing going. And I'm going to tell all you preachers, I don't care how tough the tough gets, the tough better get going. Because God put us in something and he didn't leave us or forsake us. He's walking right by our side and hanging on to our hand. Hallelujah. That's God. Yeah. Oh, who's there? The four and twenty elders. You know who's there? The twelve representatives of the Old Testament. The twelve representatives of the New Testament. But wait just a minute. Sixth verse. Hallelujah. Praise God. Probably the dullest sermon Ezekiel ever preached. People walked away and said the old man lost it all. 
We're going to have to get us a new pastor. There's something wrong with him. He just don't seem to have it anymore. Turn your Bibles open. Ezekiel, the first chapter. And start in the fourth verse with me. God said in Hebrews, what is it? The twelfth, the last verse, twenty-ninth verse. For our God, our God, our God is a consuming fire. I've weighed around in my mind, Brother Westberg, how am I going to whip that problem in Hutchison? And I believe you gave me the answer this morning. I knew I couldn't fight it in courts. Carmel, like other men, it has to be fought like the church will fight it. Looked and behold a whirlwind. I bet you a lot of times these preachers feel like a whirlwind. Out of the north came a great cloud and a fire unfolding itself. <laughs> I don't know how some of you men feel, but sometimes I can't wait to get to the pulpit. Bless God, we're going to have it tonight. Why? God's been talking to me. There's a fire fixing to unfold itself. I've been with Jesus. I've been with God. God's been talking to me. God's been telling me even what to say. Hallelujah. Yeah, and out of the midst thereof is the color of amber. It's no, it's no just mighty little old thing that it's this color. I don't have time to preach on numbers and colors. Now listen, they were living creatures. Jesus said, if you drink out of this well, you will never thirst again. These are living creatures. When they come, you're going to live. And we're going to say, they had the likeness and the appearance of a man. And that's where the devil gets you. He's just a man like I am. 